For those of you who listened to the podcast a few weeks ago, you will remember me saying that I was going to put an offer on my Month to Manifest program. Month to Manifest is the easiest manifestation course on the market right now. My intention when creating this course was allow it to be easy, simple, time efficient, like I'm not about things that take me a lot of time or I just won't do them. So this requires at the most five minutes of your time a day to be able to really hone your intentions on a daily basis. And not only that, one of the things we have done is to create a community of like-minded people where we meet once a month on a live and we set our intentions for the month ahead. It is so powerful and you'll get to meet those like-minded people who share in your joy and in your love of manifestations and we all lift each other up. It is so amazing. I love it and I would love you to join. One of the things that I have always wanted to do as well is to make this affordable and not only is it affordable every day but I am also giving you a discount on that right now. All you have to do is DM me the word manifest on Instagram and I will send you the unique discount code. Come and join us. Welcome back to the Unbreakable Mindset Podcast with me, your host, Jude Daunt. Now, before I get into the topic that I want to explore with you, I thought I'd fill you in on what I've been doing over the last few weeks. Now, I have been moving my office around twice in probably the last ooh, two months, maybe less actually, because I've just had a client who's come in and we've had a six-week gap. And in that time, I've moved the office around and put it back again. Now, the reason I moved it around was my office, I really... So I'm really affected by my surroundings. Like I have to feel good in that space for me to be able to show up mentally. Now that, to anyone else who gets that, amazing. If you don't, I'm sorry, it's just my thing. Like I don't really cope well if I'm not in a surrounding that feels workable. Does that make sense? So like I always remember years ago working, when I had bad depression as well to be fair and I can always pinpoint those times at work when I had bad depression with certain smells and spaces and I remember I was a a VM a visual merchandiser for Marks and Spencers and and I was quite depressed around that time not necessarily because I worked there, just, you know, hadn't dealt with it then, hadn't had my coaching, hadn't had the the kind of revelations that I now have and and understand myself. So so I was still in that space, in that depressed state, not feeling good enough, struggling with with anxiety and, and depression. And the space that we had to work in, like the shop floor was lovely, obviously it was bright and clean and, you know, we got to kind of be creative, et cetera. But out the back, it was very dark and it was very smelly and we were right next to the loading bay where they had our space like it's nuts now when I think about it that we weren't in a nicer space but it was essentially in a big stock room like warehouse where they had so Marks and Spencers if you're listening in in a different country is um, a mixture of food hall and um, homeware 
um, women's wear and children's wear clothing essentially and out the back was where the deliveries came in so there was a loading bay where the trucks would come and all the stock would come off and then to the left of that was where all the the food storage was and it was a bit funky like the smell wasn't great and being in that space you know you had to go in at least you know multiple times a day because you're going back and forward either you were getting a piece of equipment or um a mannequin or um I don't know doing something at the back maybe as you were planning something and and we used to have to wear um what's the word like fleeces to to stay at the back because you were right next to the loading bay it was open it was open to the elements it was cold in there as well so it was cold it was smelly it was dark basically and it wasn't there was nothing fluffy about it if that makes sense so I remember that I also remember working at House of Fraser and again the lighting in there was really dark as a store it was quite dark um where you had to go in the back areas was really dark it wasn't a friendly place so I know long story short I know I'm affected by my surroundings um I remember when I um had to sell the family home and we um me and my daughter moved into this property it was brand new but it looked god I've gone into loads of detail about this was not the plan by the way I was literally going to tell you I've um like remodeled the office um but when I moved into this was all I could afford it was a a rent-to-buy scheme and um so it was a new build and you rented it and some of that rent would go away towards your deposit. I think that's how it worked. Anyway, I didn't stay there very long and I didn't def- definitely didn't stay to buy it. So I stayed there for a year. It was lovely because inside it was lovely. It was a brand new kitchen, brand new bathroom, like carpets, everything. Like again, that's a big thing for me to have everything like brand new. And I've never had a struggle with that before because every time anything's got old, I've moved house. Just circumstances, not because I didn't want to decorate. (laughs) Whereas now the house that I'm in right now, I would normally have moved by this point, but obviously we're not. So I'm now in the stage of of redecorating. Um, So so there are little, little things getting on my nerves. And just going back to the house that I bought, sorry, rented, the, the reason why I was so sad living there is because when you opened the curtains, the view out was just, oh God, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just dark and eerie and it faced a bus stop and it just didn't feel good. And I remember thinking well first of all I was really sad because I felt like I'd let my daughter down like it wasn't in it wasn't in an amazing area it wasn't wasn't super rough or anything but it it wasn't in a nice area and I remember feeling like I'd let her down and every time I had to open those curtains on the morning I felt sad and I started my day like that and I remember just thinking like I can't wait till the day where I can open the curtains and I'm looking at it a view where I get excited and I'm happy to live there and it feels lovely and and I definitely got that with the next house so I know my mindset is really hindered 
by my surroundings. There's a long story short, that was where I was going with that. My office is lovely. Like I've done it out really, really nice. Like the walls are a lovely colour, um, although a bit dark sometimes, it's blue. And uh, maybe blue, you'll have seen it on my Instagram. Um, the seating area is really nice. Uh, everything about it, I love, I love, I love. But what I realised was after being on a call with somebody who has a, a really nice, like, background to their zoom like they've got lovely cladding on the wall it's pink and they've got like a lovely little um tree behind it with like um you know uh full flowers and it's just it just looks lovely it looks really really nice and it made me really jealous (laughs) about the fact that actually hang on a minute when people come on a zoom call with me what they actually say is a white wall you see all my certificates like diplomas and things like that and the fact that I'm a fellow in my um, governing body and things like that. That's what you see, which I thought, oh, well, that's good. That's credibility, isn't it? But it's really boring to look at. And what else do you see? Oh, a big white filing cabinet. Like, that's the least pretty thing in my whole office. And that's what people saw on the printer as well. I turned my desk around so that actually when people logged on they could see my um, unbreakable mindset um, uh, neon sign that I've got in the background and but the way the desks leveled although I really seen was like half of that and then the other half was the ugly radiator so that didn't work plus it threw everything else off in the office because I had to move all the other furniture around to accommodate the fact that the desk was turned around anyway Long story short, I have been changing my storage system behind me. Now, the storage system itself now is not ideal because it's a bit low down, but it just means that there's now a little space that I can kind of decorate and make it look a bit, you know, like I've visual merchandised it essentially in my old job. So that's something I've been doing. What else have I been doing? I've been preparing for the masterclass and just kind of getting on top of things. Now, last week, I felt like I was drowning. So my husband and um, my son kind of busied themselves on the morning for a couple of hours while I got some work done. And as soon as all it needed was two hours from me, and as soon as I got that done, I felt so much better. And this week, um, I'm a bit unnerved because I feel like I'm well on top of things, if not ahead of myself, that everything feels a little bit like, oh, you know, comfortable. And the fact that I'm recording this on the Wednesday is a huge win for me. And the reason being, which will take us on nicely to where I opened um, the session with the the students in in the academy the other day, um, that in the last few weeks when I've been recording the podcast... And if you're an avid listener of the podcast and you love it, please don't be worried, I'm not stopping it. But what I realised was that for the last few weeks, or if not month, two months, I've not been excited to record the podcast. And I'm putting it out there, I'm being really vulnerable about that. And and I'm hoping it didn't come across, because actually when I get started on it, it's fine. But it's felt a little bit like exercise, it's like you put it off, you put it off, but then once you do, you feel much better. That's that's kind of how the podcast has felt in the last few weeks. And I don't really know why. I just know I've had a discomfort about it. And the only reason I know I've had a discomfort about it is because I keep putting it off. 
and I've been leaving it till the Sunday and then editing on the Monday ready for the Tuesday. Now that seems fine in itself, like I'm still giving myself enough time, but I know that when I write my to-do list on a Monday and when I put podcasts down on my list, because I don't want to forget, like I, I would, right? I don't have the, the, the capabilities to know that that's an automatic thing that I have to do. It does need to be written down. So as soon as I write down podcasts, I do feel a bit like, oh. And I and I, I don't know why, although I did do some unpicking with it. One, I know I'm procrastinating over it, so I should just do it. But I think it's because for such a long time, since I've been doing this, it's nearly two years, the ideas have just come to us, the flow to me. And I've been able to go, oh my God, I'm going to do that on the podcast. Or yes, that's definitely a good idea. And then I have a little list of things that I add. And it's just not been at the forefront of my mind. And as you'll know from last week's podcast, there's been a lot going on. I have taken on some senior coaches to help me with my um, one-on-one clients um, and for them to be able to coach some of the people that come to me. I have been growing the academy you know there's 35 students in there now active students that haven't graduated yet if oh no maybe I think there's 37 37 at the moment um because we had two new started last week So, so that's taken up a lot of my time and where I'd kind of took my foot off the pedal I'm literally coaching myself as I'm talking talking you through this I'm figuring it out I'm unpicking it as I took the foot off the pedal with Instagram and social media and just been doing it as and when I've really tried to ramp that up in the last few weeks and I do honestly think that might be the reason why I'm not excited for the podcast is because any ideas for content and thinking about what I'm going to post on social media yes we do all have to do that like think about what you're going to post unless you decide I've got coaches that decide not to go on social media and they promote themselves other way and they get clients complete you don't have to show up on social media to get clients however that is a goal of mine to to grow my um social media following and to get content out there that hits and lands and and grows exponentially so that is something if that I wanted I'm gonna have to put attention to it and because I've been thinking about that I think I just haven't had the the bandwidth, the brain space to be able to go, all right, okay, what am I going to do for my podcast this week? It's just not been a thought. So therefore, when I sit down to do the podcast, it's felt like that. And when anything ever feels like, you know, it needs more attention from you than what you're giving it because it shouldn't feel like an effort. Anything you do shouldn't feel like an effort. You've got to figure out what's going on. So I knew that was an area of mine that needed attention. And uh, this is a veiled link. It's not a, a definite link to how I then got onto the subject for um, the academy. So every two weeks, I do a live session with the the students in the academy, the ones that are training to become coaches. And every week, it's a different topic that I will teach on. It could be that I expand on um, a case study and we'll look at real client examples and um, what they're struggling with, what the goals are, what tools you should use, etc. 
or it could be that we do a deep dive into something that they should be focusing on in terms of the growth for themselves etc again all of this needs me to think about and plan so again there's an element of me being having time to plan I think and I, do you know what there's my solution we've just come up with it it's took me 13 minutes and I think what I need to do as part of my admin day on a Monday is to take maybe half an hour that's probably all it needs is to think about what the subject topic's going to be for maybe my week in terms of my social media and um, my podcast etc and just think about what are those bullet points and that would massively help me like even as I'm saying and I'm excited now that's what I'm gonna do on Monday as part of my admin day actually I've got some time on Thursday I might even do it this Thursday and get a step ahead see how excited I am now and the process that we just went through to get there so thank you for being a part of that now the thing that we talked about in the academy I digress was my question was what is your growth area right now and when they work through all of the material in in the academy they do have to do the work on themselves because it'd be really weird (laughs) if they were a life coach and they didn't know themselves inside out they didn't know what their limiting beliefs were they didn't know what their triggers were they didn't know what their self-sabotages were. So all of these things, they are learning about themselves. And one of the things, as I said, that my question was, what is your growth area right now? Now, your growth area won't be the area that feels comfortable. Now, how do I explain this? So say if you were training at the gym and you were in a good routine and actually your goal is to bench more or run faster or train three times a week instead of two that's not your growth area right not the one that I'm talking about anyway you might still want to do that that might be a goal but that's not necessarily the growth area I'm talking about the growth area is somewhere we feel discomfort so if you don't know what your growth area is it's where there's discomfort And that could be anything that's going on for you right now, right? So one of the growth areas of one of the students in the academy was when they had done their work on their limiting beliefs and kind of marrying that up with what's gone on for them in their past careers, they could see there was some self-sabotage going on based on a limited belief of, oh God, I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head. This is perimenopause for you guys. Okay, so let's say it was not feeling good enough, right? So therefore, I think this is what it was, maybe not feeling good enough, so charged less. And this person could already see that they were gonna do that and preempt that in their coaching business so although I say to coaches that they can charge 2497 that's 2497 for a a 12 session coaching program he'd almost kind of thought in his head he wouldn't charge that he would charge a lot less because that's what he's used to doing and he could see that that was a pattern and that was definitely an area of growth for him 
in terms of kind of going deeper on why he felt like he wasn't good enough and what that looks like and how that shows up. Now, for me, my next growth area is is the discomfort I'm going to be feeling when I hand over clients to to my senior coaches because that's been the reason I got into coaching was to coach people and to help them out of the struggle that they're currently in to be able to be happy to achieve their goals to achieve their dreams and I'm so used to knowing that that's what I do that's what I get results in I'm really confident in that and to hand them over is going to be growth for me so I've put in certain things like phone calls that I'll have every so often with the senior coaches and, and checking in. And, and I'll be honest, that's more for me than it is for them. I know they are amazing or else I wouldn't have chose them. I know they get great results already with their clients. Again, I wouldn't have chose them otherwise. But for me to be able to move away from that, my growth area is that handover period. Your growth area might be There's something in your day-to-day, your career, your job, your business, where you put it off. So like me with my podcast, there's some growth area I need to do on there, growth work. There might be an element of your business or your um, day-to-day at work where, yeah, you know, you put it off or you kind of just accept it that you don't like doing it or you're not good at it or whatever that is and you don't really do anything about it, then there's a growth area for you that you can work on right there in that. Because when we feel like we're not good at something and we don't do anything about it, it just sits there and it confirms our limited beliefs, doesn't it? Because you're not doing anything about it. So you'll remain not good enough at it. Does that make sense? So say if you're somebody who has social anxiety, what people who've got social anxiety tend to do is avoid socializing because that's just easier. Why would you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation? But if you want to move past social anxiety, the best way to move past that is to start socializing. Yeah, like I'm not saying you're going to be an extrovert. You might always be an introvert. But starting to have conversations with people. So you change that narrative of, I'm not good at socializing, to how can I become better? How can I have conversations where I'm not worrying what other people think? Conversations where I'm actually engaged and so are they. You would start working on that as a growth area rather than sitting in the discomfort. Because if you sat in the discomfort of social anxiety, you don't do anything about it, this confirms your limited beliefs of I'm not good at making friends because therefore your friendship group doesn't grow because you don't do anything about it. You're not putting yourself in situations where you can grow your friendship group. You just sit in the discomfort and it continuously confirms your limited belief. Now, I appreciate my examples have been a bit weak, if I'm honest, for you. But that's because I've done a hell of a lot of my growth work that 
there's very little that's kind of there's always going to be room for growth don't get us wrong like I'm not perfect and I never will be but the big stuff that real painful stuff I've done the work on because I had to because it was taking me to really dark places I'm talking years ago it was taking me to really dark places so I had to do that growth work I had to work on what is my discomfort what are my triggers and why am I still stuck in this and I had to start putting things in place so that I could work on those you know taking the jump to become a life coach was huge for me that was such a big growth area for me because my limiting beliefs were still telling me that I wouldn't be a huge success that I'd never earn good money that I could never have my own business like there was loads of limiting beliefs like I just so so I played small you know I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this before I played small to start off with and and didn't take the full leap for about four years so it took a lot of growth and, and, and it was a bit of time for me to, to take that jump into it and even then when I took the jump into it it was still like let's test it and see let's t-. I didn't really have um what's the word the only people I knew weren't coaches put it that way so I didn't know anyone that was a coach and that made a success out of it unless you were looking at like a Tony Robbins or something but you know I didn't think I could get there <laughs> I wasn't at that point <laughs> So I didn't really have a, a team of people around me that had made a huge success, even in the, um, the, the community that I was in. So when, when I'd graduated from my um, life coach diploma, you know, nobody that I was working with at that time was, or who I knew those coaches were successful. And it's only now that I've put myself into scenarios with those people that I can see it and and the lovely thing is now is that you know the graduates that are coming through are automatically becoming successful out of the the coaching because they have a framework they've got the business course that that you get within the academy as well to understand how to turn it so they've got all the tools so it's lovely because they'll have each other and they'll be able to look at each other and see the success. And, and I didn't have that in 2014. You know, like back then, coaching wasn't what it is now. And, and if you are, if you are feeling like there's an area of growth that you need to do, one, so, so now we're going to go through the steps. I've, I've waffled on long enough, right? Let's go through the steps. So identify what your area of growth is. Number two, if you don't know it, look for the discomfort. Where is the discomfort for you right now? That is your area of growth. Now, if your area of growth is in alignment with your current limiting beliefs, so if you feel like you're not good enough at X and that links with a a limiting belief that you have of not feeling good enough, then then you also have the the added fact that you have an emotional attachment to this area of growth, right? Now, 
I don't have emotional attachments to my areas of growth now. I still had one about the money mindset, but as you'll have heard through through the various podcasts that I've done, that I've worked on that, I've removed the emotional attachment and I've started to look at factually, what do I need to create a better money mindset? And this is what I want you to do. So removing the emotional attachment from your goal, from your goal, yeah, from your from your growth area, then start looking at, okay, what do I need to do? What's practical that I can start doing? And if you don't know what that looks like, then I want you to look for evidence with somebody else. So somebody else who who is has achieved that, so has that growth in their area, has that personality trait, has that area of abundance that 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 wherever you're craving that growth is they have it right so say for example I don't know somebody at work is super organized they make it look easy and you're struggling and you feel like it's really hard for you to be like you know organized you always feel like you know your job whatever your title is is tough right? Start looking at the people who find it easy and then start observing them. What do they do differently to you? How do they show up? What do you need to adopt? Now, it could be that your area of growth is X, but to achieve that, you need to be better organized. You need to stop procrastinating. You need to... So so my area of growth is my podcast again. Again, I appreciate. I'm so sorry this is not a painful one. But I know there's certain things that I need to put in place so that I'm not feeling, oh, that I get excited again. And this was, this was definitely, I'm definitely a stage back to it. Like, you know, I knew what I was going to talk to you about. I've made some notes and, and I'm doing it on a Wednesday. Like my area of growth is in place. I've put some things into action to affect the outcome, to work on that area of growth. So start thinking about where's the discomfort, what is the area of growth and how are you going to achieve it? This might be that it needs you to put in a certain action, it might need some daily tasks from you, it might need some form of training, it might mean that you need to go and see somebody who could support you in that area and that could just be like a I don't know, somebody who trains you on Excel at work, like, uh, you know, really go deep on this for yourself. But the key thing here is remove the emotion so you can see factually what you need to do to achieve that area of growth. And the other way, this is a crucial thing that I didn't include in it, the other way you'll know your area of growth is, it's the, it's the, the point where you're holding yourself back. So if you know you're holding yourself back, then you know there's an area of growth that you need to smash through to be able to get to the other side. Now, I've tried to be as vague as possible, although my examples were the podcast, so it's not super vague, because I want this to land for everyone, because we've all got room for growth. We've all got a little element of discomfort, something that's making us go, or something that is way worse than that and it's causing your anxiety and it's causing your 
intrusive thoughts. It's causing you to not feel good enough. That is real discomfort. And that is the area of growth that you need to do work on. As always, I hope this has landed exactly where it needed and that you're able to get some key takeaways and some key actions from this. And I look forward to, again, if it's landed, you know I love connecting. So please do drop me a message on Instagram. I'm always available on Instagram. Drop me a message. Tell me where it landed for you and then what you've decided to do because of it. Have an amazing week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbreakable Mindset podcast with me, your host, Jude Don't. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do share with others. And it would mean a huge deal to me if you would rate, review, follow and subscribe on your podcast app. This will allow the podcast to keep growing and going to new audiences. And if you want to know all the ways in which you can work with me directly, please visit judedont.com coaching.co.uk. The links will be in the show notes.